you're starting your road trip July 16th. Yeah, we're getting out of here for another round two, but this is the mega, mega trip. <laughs> yeah, like legitimately across country. Yeah. California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Alabama, Michigan, New York, and all the states in between required to get to those locations. Okay. So, so it's roughly like, I think it's like roughly like 15 states and two countries. <laughs> That's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is, I've been thinking about this the last week. Um, so my lease is up in, at the end of September. Yeah. Um, but you have to give 60 day notice, so I got to tell them if I'm staying or leaving, like re-upping my lease or negating my lease uh, by August. So I am pretty, pretty positive that I'm going to negate my lease. Okay. And uh, just start living in month-to-month Airbnbs. Oh my gosh. For the rest of the year. Dude, like all across the US? Yeah, I'm thinking, so I think I'm going to do Austin for October. Oh my God. Okay. Then, uh, Colorado in November. And then maybe come back home for December. Uh, and then maybe Arizona in January. Good choice. Which, like, so stay in some, like, warmer climate in January uh, and then I'm like I'll be playing it kind of a little bit by ear just to see like what states are open what like what am I allowed to do with coronavirus which is it's over just let's it's it's coronavirus is over open it up let's go um, <laughs> so yeah that's uh, I think that's what I'm gonna do dude that's so fun because, yeah, and, like, I can get, I, I have a whole bunch of places. I've been looking at, like, Lake Tahoe, um, like, Denver slash, like, Breckenridge or one of, like, the mountain towns in Colorado, um, somewhere in Austin, Arizona, maybe, like, the Pacific Northwest. I was thinking, oh, my God. I was thinking about just doing, like, if I can get somewhere with a, like, a Wi-Fi signal, like, Mount Rainier and just like go there for a month so um yeah and I know people in like most of these places so I can like I'd get my own place but I know people in Colorado Texas Arizona Portland all the places so I'd still be like having my same job and working from whatever but then i can just kind of bounce around and see where i want to live and this is the best idea sampler platter yeah month to month i found some really dope ones and they're probably like the same or cheaper than what you're paying yeah and some of them I'm thinking, like, some of them I might even, like, spend a little bit more, like, take my travel budget and put it into, like, a monthly thing for where I'm staying and, like, get a small house with a pool in Austin 
sell that. And then hang out there for the month. And so, uh, friends, if you have the ability to work remotely and want to bounce around the country for a couple months or even a couple weeks or just a weekend, let me know because I'm looking for people. If anyone's down to like, if it's like just for a month or a couple weeks, that wanna that wanna do it, hit me up. Alec, are you giving us the opportunity to maybe do this podcast in the same room? Potentially. All right, I'm in. I'll meet you somewhere. Yeah, or I mean, I, I'll probably do a month in New York. Like, depending on how, how well this goes, we'll see, like, how the first month goes, the, first, the second month, et cetera. But I would, I would think I'd be able to do it for, like, six months at least. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. And the nice part is, like, you know, like, when we're out in Tahoe, like, we're going to work from, like, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. because that's 9 to 5 New York. And then, like, the rest of the day is just, like, it's just like the early afternoon at that point. So it's like not even that big of a deal. Or if we like take off a little early and then we're like done by noon, but that's really 3 p.m. in New York. Like it's not really that big of a deal. So, right. And so that's my plan is like, I'll probably like, I'm going to buy a bike on my car and I'll probably just drive to all these places. Yeah, you should. There's like not really like nothing on that plate on your like list as far as like, super public transit heavy so it's like and except new york like but there's there's ways to park a car here yeah and like depending on when new york would be on the list like because i think i want to go like i don't know middle of winter but you know maybe like i mean spring is really nice here so you can make it towards the end of your trip right that's where we're going I love this idea. I fully support it. I feel like you need to like <laughs> document it or something and like get sponsored by Airbnb and be like, look, like I'm doing this in Corona. Like I'm doing it safely. Airbnb still exists. Like boom, 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 boom. So and like, was, yeah. yeah. This was part of the, like the very first idea that I had for the Now Roaming podcast was drive around the country stay in airbnbs and then interview people from each town that i stay in uh and i just i'm not i'm not uh outgoing enough or as extroverted enough to like meet some random person at a diner and like have them be on a podcast so that's it (laughs) (laughs) you know what it had to start somewhere Exactly. So constantly evolving. So yeah, and friends who live in these places, if you're listening, um, I'm open for ideas on places to different neighborhoods in different cities, things like that. I'm open for recommendations. You should do a month down in Key West. I kind of hate Florida. (laughs) Uh, Well, it'd be warm. I was thinking like a month in Banff, like maybe Banff. Uh, that'd be amazing. That would be cool. Um, or like Vancouver or Toronto or something like that. Dude, yeah. I mean, you don't even have to s- stick to... I would love to live in Vancouver. Okay, this is horrible podcast etiquette, but I'm going to share my screen so you can see it. 
Yeah, please share the screen. Sorry, sorry listeners, I'm not going to hear this. Um, All right, imagine this. Alec is situated in his, his studio in downtown Minneapolis, clicking away at the computer, about to share his screen. Still I, don't see it. There's a countdown. What the hell is going on? Oh, no. Well, there is. Oh, don't even tell me with this A-frame cabin gorgeousness. Y'all, this is a beautiful A-frame, tons of windows, like a green roof situated on the base of a lake with a mountain in the background. Like, where is this? Cozy River Cabin? If that didn't sell me. Oh, my gosh. Well, like, I'm just thinking, this is in, uh, this is Mount Rainier in uh, Washington. So beautiful. It's like, this would be dope. I love this. So beautiful. So that one's dope. And you'll see here's my shared list. I have Washington, California, Utah, Lake Tahoe, Colorado, and Texas. It's different. Potentially. So gorgeous. Wait, that California one looked lit. There's some on here that I, like, I can't afford. Like, Fair. $25,000 a month and I just think they're <laughs> way, to, way to aim high you know um, but like this like this is when I would do if like if like two or three people were like yo let's go to Colorado for a month true then you're like yeah I got the perfect place yep. so beautiful and then there's one that's a uh, we'll, we'll, make, we'll put some pictures of these on the Instagram so people can see yeah but this one is called the tree house and it's in the mountains that is unreal what i'm obsessed with this so this is what i think this is what i'm gonna do yes 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 always support even if i get a new job like and well, I'll know I'll know more about my work situation and how uh, long term. I guess I'm still sharing my screen. Um, the long term prospects of where I'm currently working, well, I kind of have figured out by August. But um, my original plan was at the end of this year to uh, move to New York. Um, and now, post Corona, I'm not sure what New York's going to be like, so I'm a little... I mean, this is a good transition time, like, figure it out, fill it out, like, I mean, we just started phase one reopening yesterday, so slowly but surely. I'm hoping by the end of August, like, my birthday, like, maybe I can go to a bar. That might be cool. <laughs> or just, like, the beach. I'd be fine with the beach. Uh, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they closed all the beaches for the summer here. I might be wrong. They did. The shore here is still open regardless, so, like, I could still do that even, like, before phase one, but, um... You know me, like, I don't even drink, but, like, I would... I would go rage at the poorhouse right now if it was open. Like, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's gonna be a wild time. I mean... The last time I was at the poorhouse, there was like fights and people got pepper sprayed and it was just insane. And so... <laughs> Wait, you sure that, that wasn't just yesterday? 
Yeah, it, it was not. It was there was like live music and it was fun before that happened. So. Got it. So wait, when did you go back to Minneapolis? When did I come back here? Yeah. Um, what is today? So I don't even. I literally don't know what day it is. Today's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I think I came back last Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Like the night after we. After we record. The night we recorded the podcast. Yeah, the next day. Got it. So Wednesday. Yeah. It was nice to be home for a while. It was kind of like that yeah. in Minneapolis, obviously, and then it's always fun just to spend a few days at home. I think it's um yeah, I think things are starting to like level out a little bit. Like the protests are still, you know, there's they're being peaceful, like not being overshadowed by the riots, which is like really great. And like just on Sunday there was a, a large walking peaceful protest right next to my apartment. I could hear them um shouting, uh or like chanting. I, I'm not sure what the proper verb is. Vocalizing. Yes, vocalizing. I nearly had a heart attack because something happened on my computer and the entire Zoom call just went away. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I ended it. But um, vocalizing and they were, you know, I just like, I was about to leave for a run and then I heard them and I like checked the Citizen app and there was like just a wave of people. And I was like, yeah, I'll just give it some time. And they were just like beating up Broadway. So... I went the other direction, but like, you know, just things just seem to be like in a good place overall. And, you know, the work we're doing isn't done. So just constantly pushing and for reform and new ideas and making sure justice is served. So. Yeah, I have seen a lot of really stupid shit on the internet the last week. I've been more and more not using my phone and staying off of social media because there's a lot of idiocracy running amok so how polite of you yeah yeah it's um people post some dumb shit and people are uneducated in the entire situation and it's bringing out some true colors and i think it's uh very telling where people stand on all the issues so just uh happy yeah. we're on the right side of this and we're pushing what needs to be pushed yeah and there's even i mean even some of like the sloganeering of everything and the way that civil discourse on social media platforms is devolved into dog shit is really disappointing uh like the uh, there's a whole bunch of confusion right now around like abolish the police or defund the police and stuff like that and it's like okay if you mean defund the police like then fine say defund the police but there's so much like defund the police abolish the police and then you ask like what does that mean and like well it's like pension reform and it's reallocating funds and it's like this thing of trying to make everything tweetable when it's complex situations is so annoying and so intellectually dishonest that it's like hard to keep up with and it drives me nuts 
Yeah. Like solving police brutality is not as easy as we don't need cops anymore. Yeah, I'm like really interested. I think that I had um I've been seeing articles about like the way the responsibilities and the roles of the police officer and like today's world have like shifted and modified and now we're kind of at a situation where it's like maybe it's stop and like rewrite the role like what do how can they best serve society because it's not like police are going to go away and i but they they need more clear roles and responsibilities laid out and i think like there's you know we're also seeing data come out of other countries where like you have to like there's the amount of training that you need to be a cop in the U.S. is like equivalent to what you would need to even be like a hairdresser. But like in other countries, you need to like study to be a police officer for, for maybe like three years, which is like substantial training. And like it goes into so many different depths. And I think, re, you know, re-looking at our structure of like how we train our officers and like what their responsibility in society is. And if, if something feels out of scope, then who needs to take that on? And like, does that like, opportunity for something new to be created to assist in that you know and I there's a lot of things that we're seeing in New York with new numbers coming out that like there's actually less cops now than there were like even like five ten years ago but their budget is dramatically increasing so it doesn't make total sense as to like those that are like actively on duty and are in the police force but their budget is like skyrocketed but yet we can't get money for enough to support after school programming or like arts in the schools and like those are things that are being cut that are being cut like these enriching programs but not funds for the police so it just feels like we're, we found ourselves like we're getting at the roots of the problem and like looking to solve those and I, I feel confident in that conversation yeah and I think unfortunately like again if you want to it's much more complex because if we think that we should train police longer, which I think we should evaluate how the police are trained and the processes that they need to go through, but if you want to train police for three years, or if they need a four-year degree or things like that, then you're also going to have to pay cops more money. You're going to have to up, up their pay for them to take on the burden of that education, right? That's why, that's why the promise of college in the United States was if you do this, if you go to college, if you get this four-year degree, you'll make X. You'll X your return on your investment by this much, which is now complete bullshit and not real. And that's why we need to also reevaluate if college is actually a viable option for people. But there's all these complexities in how this stuff actually happens. And so the social media woke activist who just doesn't read and doesn't do anything and saw, oh, my friend posted this, so that must be the right thing and I should post that too, uh, isn't, it isn't really helpful. No. And you shouldn't be posting just to be like, one, like, it's what people want to see, or two, like, did I check in on that person that I met that one time because they're not white? Like, don't do it because you think, right, like, don't, you know, you need to, like, really be intentional in your conversations and like think about the the like after effects of like what's going to happen when you make this move because whether or not you're 
you know, like you could be called out for it. Like some, you know, there's a lot of people who could find, you know, what you're doing disingenuous and like they're going to call you out on that and you need to be like ready for a response or like, or if, but if you're doing it from your heart, then you have like nothing to be worried about, you know, just like there's so much to be at. And like, I liked your um, comment about the education thing because you're so right. And the reality is that by asking those questions, we're finding other issues and then it's going to start poking more questions at those things. So it's like, it all starts to be poking at holes at all the issues in the system. And it kind of, it, it's this web of issues. And That's actually what scares me. <laughs> because I'm serious. We've gotten to a point now where we have, there's a large group of people who now think that the police are the center of the issues with the government. Because if you think about it, the police are, are the part of the government that has, that's the most visible in day-to-day life. Right. So now we think that our interactions with police is representative of the government as a whole, which is not true. Mm-hmm. However, if you think that police killing a thousand people a year is bad, <laughs> and that their budgets are too big, well, good Lord, just wait until you find the real corruption that's been happening forever in our government. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. is an onion just peeling away the layers and I you're right Alec I think there's a lot there's a lot people are seeing one issue and they're not seeing how it's going to relate to the other issues and I think it's going to be this domino effect but I I don't know I don't think it's a bad thing I don't know the whole we'll see uh we'll get into um Alec's rabbit hole early this week Yes, let's go for it. Uh, I wish we had a um, I wish we had a sound effect for your rabbit hole. <laughs> so I saw. So there's a guy named um, Dan Carlin. He has a podcast called Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommended. Um, he goes deep on topics of history. Let me pull up one of them. Um, they are very, very, very long. Um, yeah, you thought this podcast was long. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Seriously. Um, there is... Uh, uh, his podcast is... I think episodes range between like two and a half to five hours. Oh my God. That's like very, very, very long. So Dan Carlin's Hardcore History... So he has the blueprint for Armageddon um, is just a phenomenal series. It is six parts. Each episode is, uh, is about four hours long. Oh, so he, he tweeted out a this story um, about the Pentagon and the Pentagon Reportedly, so the U.S. government does war games in which they create scenarios that I would assume this, they, they deem to be statistically likely or could happen. And they play out these war games to see what might happen. They do it with, um, I believe it's done with like students at West Point and things like that. 
so they can see, you know, who's going to be a good general at West Point will be a good general in the U.S. military, whatever. But uh, there is this, uh, let's see, a war game. Pentagon war game includes scenario for military response to domestic Gen Z rebellion. Huh. In the mid-2000s. So according to this scenario, many members of Gen Z psychologically scarred in their youth by the 9-11, by 9-11 and the Great Recession, crushed by college debt and disenchanted with their employment options, have given up on their hopes for a good life and believe the system is rigged against them. Here's how the origin of the uprising are described. So it goes through um, essentially like things that we're seeing now, like no one believes in the American dream. Um, it's not just like this entire younger generation says the system is rigged. Um, they have no hope, et cetera, et cetera. And so it goes on and it says that this movement begins in parks, rallies, protests, and coffee shops starting in Seattle, then New York, Washington, LA. Uh, a group known as Zbellion begins a global cyber campaign to expose injustice and corruption and to support causes it deems beneficial. And it goes on to say like they start, essentially it's like a, a digital hacking rebellion. They try and steal digital assets and then redistrib redistribute them through like cryptocurrency and blockchain. It is all like, if you've ever seen, um, fuck, what's that show called? Mr. Robot, it seems like mm, a lot of that show. Robot. But it's just interesting that they literally ran a war game about this scenario. There's my little rabbit hole. It makes me think there's like, like there's the tweet that was going viral where that guy's like, I am a time traveler and I'm coming back and just letting you know that this is about as good, like the middle of 2020 is, is as good as it gets for a while. And then you like Wikipedia the guy and he's like cited as one of the first people to create a time machine. But like, and then you're just like, eerie. This is eerie, but like, it's Wikipedia. But then like, what? I don't know. You like, you like defunct. Your mind says like, no, but then your heart's like, but maybe, and like, whatever. The push pull. And I find it to be, I think you're right. I think there could be a lot of chaos that comes from this. But I also, I don't know. Part of me just, I think, finds it so unfathomable that like, things like that it can just unravel so quickly but like that's how all this usually starts yeah i think by i think it's just one of those things where like you have to hope that like if something like that were to happen that the movement is i mean like i just i don't know part of me thinks like it's just so outlandish to think that something like that would happen but then like if the if that were to happen i would hope that the views are like who stood up for the greater good and who did not and then there's a separation there but rational actors in any sort of it can't be defined by like what you look like because we're already trying to dismantle that so it's got to be it would have to be based off something else and like I think the one thing that people are really gonna, and that's why I'm really excited for the election in November is like, 
we're really seeing the people who are voting for like their people right now like and like the politicians that are like kind of like stepping up and like doing something and the ones that are like cowering behind the movement and not sure how to like act like I um you know regardless of beliefs like you know Mitt Romney participated in a protest outside the White House and like you're not seeing any other Republicans and he's actually been going um against a lot of what the Republican Party as a whole is generally doing like party over people but like he's like really sticking to like what he believes is right and like regardless of party like just showing up for like the greater good of the people and like um also like you know there was um this uh it was a um a spy drone was caught like over the um like like a group of people and people are like why is a spy drone here and they're flying them over huh they're flying them over minneapolis interesting okay so then like people in the government like didn't even know why they were like going out like it just like it almost feels like this hush thing like only if you're in like you understand but um alexandria ocasio-cortez um she was like um she's like asking for a country like off of the term asking for a friend like she's just like what is going on here like no one like what like what are you doing like what is the purpose of this like and like i just like loved her like blunt response to some of these i hope uh, crazy things that are going on from like her own her own line of work you know yeah i hope that everyone starts paying more attention to what is actually happening in politics not what is being talked about in the media in politics go watch c-span and see what's actually going on in the senate and the house not cnn where they're talking about trump's tweets or not fox news when they're just saying like democrats are evil like all that's bullshit and i will say it every single day of the week until people stop listening until they listening to this because they're so sick of me saying that the media is complete dog shit it's all talking points and it's it it's horrible and i was just listening heart sorry go ahead uh, i was just listening to a podcast that's why this specific example um but like a couple weeks ago there was a vote in in the senate and it was to shut down the part of the patriot act that allowed the government to um surveil your internet activity without a warrant it lost so that is still happening the government doesn't need a reason to surveil your internet activity they can just do it either one it lost by one vote bernie sanders didn't show up to vote in the senate that day and he's he's supposed to be the liberal guy who's against government corruption against surveilling people all of these things, all these politicians, they have a party that represents them in the media, but they all have personal investments in being in the in crowd inside of Washington. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think they're going to do politically or what they say they're going to do, because as long as they tow the party line or tow the Washington line, then they have, then they're safe and they have a job. 
I think that's like the important part about like term limits. Like you can't just be there for 25 years and like, like, or people, you know, and then you also get people who are just like comfortable voting for the same people who don't ruffle feathers or who are just like been doing good or like they do just enough. Like, or people who just vote the party line. Right. Like, it's oh, true. Like, especially now when it's, oh, Trump, racist, MAGA, Republican, bad. Like, that's not, you can't have that and be like, okay, that means when I come to November, from president all the way down to local governments, I'm going to blue. Because everyone living in Minnesota, Minneapolis is the worst state in the country for economic disparity between race. It is the worst. Dead last. Minneapolis has had a Democratic mayor since 1975. Minnesota has voted Democrat the longest in a presidential election behind Washington, D.C. And so... Consecutively. Yeah, and that's what I think is so interesting about this current moment, is if you think about the things that people are talking about, they want less government interference in their life. They want the government to be less involved, less police, more laissez-faire, hands-off. Right? Those are yeah. Republican ideals. I guess I don't know enough to say. Republicans but, are more, more likely to be pro-small government than Democrats. Hmm. But because of the current social narrative and social discourse of well, if you're a Republican, you're a racist and you're bad. People aren't going to vote that way. But the system you have been voting for, 1975 Democrats, worst mm-hmm. for economic disparity between races. Maybe it's correlated, maybe it's not, but those are the types of things that I'm thinking about because if it hasn't worked for the last 50 years, Maybe something should change. Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. And I do say there, I do, there's hope there for me in regards to the way a lot of my friends in our, you know, I'm speaking for millennials, like how they were approaching the November, you know, like so many of my friends, when we were talking about early on, like who our favorite um, nominees were, like, the individuals running like all my friends and i were like kind of like across the board like none of us were like all behind one person like probably behind super big fans of biden wait what and they said probably none of them were super supporters of biden oh no none of us absolutely (laughs) none of us no like corruption in the political parties themselves is a horrible horrible thing that goes on yeah it's true Especially, unfortunately, especially in the DNC. Sanders has been ransacked by the Democratic National Committee in the last two presidential elections. It's, um, the whole whole system is whacked. Next week week we'll do a a talk on Seth Rich. And we'll see how conspiracy deep we can go on Seth we're gonna do a an, a rabbit hole special. If you if you like listeners, go Google Seth Rich, and it's big coincidences in the Seth Rich story. 
Okay, I'm stoked. That'll be next week's topic. I think, but like, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, people were actually analyzing these candidates for their values and like what they were considering. You know, I had friends who were for Yang. I had friends who were for Warren. I had friends who were for um, Buttigieg. I had friends who were for, who else was like a, I think those were like the main, and I had, uh, I obviously had Sanders friends too. Yeah. So it was like, you know, like those were like the main ones. And it was just like so interesting to see like what people were paying attention to. And, you know, there were some key topics that were important for people this time around and, you know, health insurance and, um, well, I'm just saying that one because that was one that I was paying attention to. But, you know, like the general topics, like people were really interested in these themes and more so than I've ever known and like my time of voting. So I'm like, I think people are starting to like analyze the candidates at that level. But like, it'll just be interesting kind of like how this, I guess, all shakes out because there's a, a huge spotlight right now on Biden in terms of how he's going to in terms of what he's going to do in terms of choose a running mate. What? And also, is he, is he mentally fit to be president for eight years? Oh, no. Like, I mean, but then... Term limits. If we... Yeah. Here's an idea. If we can have an age limit and you have to be 35 to be president, can we have one that says you can't be older than 70? Uh, I think you definitely should because that's the hard part is like, the reason why I like disregarded Biden from the beginning was like, he would say stuff on stage and I'd be like, what? Like, what did you just say? Like, I literally, you're just like, you know, and like, it just like doesn't, I like still don't really even know like how we got here with this, like another, yet another horrible candidate. But yet again, like it's the worser of two, it's the lesser of two evils. And that was the same question a lot of people were asking four years ago. And, uh, the drain the swamp marketing tactic worked. Yeah. And that's what people wanted. They were fed up with all the shit that we're talking about right now. And he really leaned into that slogan and people agreed with it, regardless if they were Republican or not. Yeah. Donald Trump's marketing team is very genius. Like at bar none, they're like, might be the best marketing team ever. And, like, I was looking at, like, how, when I was, like, donating to campaigns, like, you could, like, see, like, how they spent their money. And Donald Trump is the only one who's pouring money into social media and everybody else is focused on, like, television. I'm, like, what old-ass person is running these marketing campaigns for these Democrats? Because you are not even following the same model. And, like, the psychographics, the behaviors, like, like the geographies that you can tap into social to do it so smart. Like why wouldn't you be pouring more money into that? And it just made zero, absolutely zero sense to me knowing how we are all behaving now. Like, and yet you're not even to pour 50% of your budget into social. Like it's only making up like 20, 15 to 20% of what your spend is like absolutely stupid. I have a conspiracy theory. Oh no. Let's see. I just thought of this. I literally just thought of this. Okay, go. Maybe the reason that uh, Mark Zuckerberg isn't conforming to the mob of people saying that he should uh, 
you should monitor speech and censor speech and all of those types of things on Facebook. And the reason he's on the, the Trump side of like, no, Facebook shouldn't be the arbiter of truth, which should not be a political idea, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Uh, but of course you would side with Trump. Trump's one spending all the money. He's, Trump's making Zuckerberg even more rich. Yeah. Is that crazy? That seems pretty logical to me. I mean, I'm pausing because I'm connecting dots. Uh, I mean, it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. And you know what? We're all human. We can all be bought. Name your price. That's there's a. That's that's the reality. And I was um. I was watching started the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix. Dude, you want to talk about a conspiracy rabbit hole? Right? I mean, I, it just felt fair because we were on topic. But, you know, we had to stop it because at one point there was just, like, so much happening that David was like, uh-uh, I, I like, can't watch this right now. Like, there's just so much to process. But, like, his whole model was, like, name or price. Like, keep it quiet. Everything was kept quiet. Big, he had people everywhere. And just knew ex- knew exactly how to manipulate and knew what he needed to continue to like run the system that he was that he had going. And I was like, absolutely oh. bizarre. I I've told people who think like that was a that was a Jeffrey Epstein fluff piece. That that was that was essentially what happened in some people's mind is Epstein died, was more than likely killed, murdered. Um, but, uh, and then they're like, well, there's our fall guy. Here you go. Put out the documentaries. Like how is Ghislaine Maxwell still just walking around and like not in custody, not anywhere? What, Honestly. Like, what the hell? Well, when we started the documentary, I'm like hearing all these names who were like in cahoots with him. And I'm like, none of these people are ever been mentioned. They're just like in the shadows. Like, and I was like, what? I was like, this. None of this already makes sense. It's crazy. Like, there's there's flight records of Bill Clinton visiting the island over twenty times. Like Kevin Spacey's been to the island. Like Trump. Sure Trump's been to the island. Pretty sure Oprah's at the island. Like, it's everyone. There is here. Okay, for everyone protesting, this is what we all need to come to terms with. We already live in a place where there's two classes. There is the elite and there is everyone else. Mm-hmm. And those, the people in the elite, they operate on a different plane of existence than we do. The amount of money they have, the amount of influence and power they have isn't even comprehensible to a normal person like us. And it's just, it is a whole different, it's a whole different world. It is. And to think that they operate or are, have the same freedoms you do as a normal American would be naive of you to think. Naive is like the nicest way you can say it. Well, it's, sometimes we got to be nice when we're ripping off all these band-aids for our listeners. It's, it's like, it's, it's scary. Like it's. Well, I mean, you know, you even think yourself, you have to ask yourself, when you see it, that Jeff Bezos is in line to be one of to be 
history's first trillionaire. And you understand how much money there is at stake for people who are in debt, what the climate needs, like any of these multiple good causes that would literally affect the entire globe. And you sit on that money and it's in your vault. It's in your thing. It's doing, you know, like the power is there and it's who they, what they choose to do with it. Yeah, it is and, in, in some defense of the multi-billionaires. All these people they talk about in the realm of billionaires, they don't have, they're not sitting on $100 billion liquid in their bank account, right? They take out loans against their stock and that's how they become liquid with their net worth. Um, but that money is just on paper. But like, if, so if people are thinking about they want to like, they want to vote like Elizabeth Warren, like break up, break up big tech company, you need to research antitrust law. And antitrust law is super interesting. Um, in the 80s, we went, we left an economic structuralist perspective of antitrust and went to the Bork, the, I think it was the Bork school of, school of thought into um, consumer good. So if prices are low, we don't care about antitrust. But that was in the 80s before we had data as a means of making money, shifting markets, before we had like the data capitalism or surveillance capitalism, depending on how you want to look at it. And so when you look at just because Amazon has the cheapest price, that might be good for consumers. That doesn't mean that it's good for the general public. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if that's something you're concerned about for voting purposes, antitrust law, super, super interesting. Um, and look at like something like Amazon. Amazon is a prime case for being broke up, broken up. And I don't use the, the word prime as like some sort of funny pun. Um, they have like, it's got it. <laughs> Not funny. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington post. Yes. Okay. This is valuable information. Everybody. He owns the Washington post. Right? We're just talking about media corruption. Exactly. Donald Trump doesn't like Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos doesn't like Donald Trump. The Washington post often leans left or against Donald Trump. As Whatever that is anymore. Yeah. Um, and also, the Pentagon has a $600 million deal with Amazon Web Services. AWS. Amazon, biggest moneymaker is not their e-commerce platform. It is Amazon Web Services. I saw like a couple of weeks ago, people were like, protest Amazon, whatever. It's not possible. If you want to use the internet and, and protest Amazon, you're probably not going to be able to do a whole lot. The entirety of Netflix is hosted on Amazon Web Services. Oh, I never knew that. So every time you use Netflix, a portion of your subscription is going to Amazon. Wow. What else is on AWS? Uh, let's see. Because 
to your point, yeah, like our a lot of our normal day binging or things like that, like are feeding into the profit share of Amazon. Like, yeah, I mean, hmm. uh, who's using Amazon? GE Oil and Gas, Expedia, Airbnb, Apple, Shell. Um, you know, some big. Another thing is like, I sometimes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Those ones that I just said were small. Uh, Netflix, Twitch, LinkedIn, Facebook, Turner Broadcasting, BBC, Baidu, ESPN, Adobe, and Twitter. All hosted on AWS. Okay, this is fascinating. So back to your your conspiracy theory that we developed right here in this last 35, 40 minutes about Trump and um, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, Mark Zuckerberg also has to worry about Jeff Bezos, who's on the opposite end of that coin. Yeah. Except, I mean, it's only in monthly, monthly spend host on AWS 19 million 15 million 13 million 11 million 10 9 9 8 8 7 what the heck AWS is a gigantic business all by itself and I bet you and think everyone, about I bet you many people are gonna be like I was this many years old when I learned that AWS wasn't even a thing oh yeah I didn't even know it was a thing until like literally right now did you also, another, this is like, I was listening to one of the tech podcasts I listened to and they were going through like things that people who follow tech closely are aware of, but other people are not. And like something like 50% of people didn't know that YouTube is owned by Google. What? People didn't know that? I guess not. So I want to make sure that I mean, all of our listeners know that YouTube is owned by Google. <laughs> I like work in paid media. So like, obviously when I buy my, my YouTube, <laughs> like when we're buying ads that are going to display on YouTube, it's like a separate, it's a separate buy through, through our Google platform. But if you're not in that world, then I guess maybe you didn't know, but yeah, you should know that. Um, but apparently not. So just, wow. Again, with like antitrust, it's super interesting. It's super, super complicated. Again, that's why the sloganeering of like, break up big tech, like, cool, sounds great, put it on a poster, but what does that actually mean? How do you actually do it? How do you actually enforce it? Much more difficult because you have things like vertical integration. So if you look at, uh, at Amazon, Amazon bought the streaming platform Twitch. Right. So Amazon owns Twitch. Twitch is hosted on AWS. So Twitch pays, pays their 15 million a month in hosting services, but that just goes to Amazon. Right. And Twitch, let's see, does uh, somewhere between a projection of 300 million in revenue for 2019, which also goes to Amazon. It all circles back. Right? You gotta look at gotta look higher, think bigger. Who are the who are the puppets that own these media companies? 
And when you're thinking about the drip down, you have to think about the circle back. Because yeah. it's like this large cloud owns all these all drops of rain and it, it owns all these entities. But to that example, you have money circulating straight back right back up into the cloud in addition to. Right. And you have to think about like even like huge businesses, they have, they essentially like white label their, their products into different market segments and then they have different brands, but it's all owned by the same company, right? Like right. an easy example because everyone knows the Target brands, right? You have like Good and Gather is actually just another brand that they created that they sell in their stores, right? Yeah. But that happens at a huge scale. Like, especially in software businesses, it's, you have, we have this software tool and then, oh, you want to use it for your company? Like, cool, we'll sell it to you or we'll license it to you and you can rebrand it and then sell it to your clients as your solution. Mm -hmm. It's so, when you see an idea roll out, it's not necessarily the proprietary in, right. like idea from that company. It wasn't like, oh, me and my buddies were in a garage and we started this thing. It's like, no, like everything's borrowed, sold and stole it's just a, it's a web. It's we talked about a couple weeks ago of Instagram just stealing Snap Stories. Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. And, and so now YouTube is going to start stealing it yeah. with these things. Spotify potentially releasing a video component. It's all TikTok capitalizing off the idea of Vine that just died a few years ago, but now that video is more popular, it's literally the exact same platform with additional features and like if you want to add a lens, you just have to like analyze what these icons mean. It's like all oh, so goofy, but and it's, regardless, it's so. And unfortunately, the world is a complicated place, and that's why social media is. It it should be for like, hey dude, what's up? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's not a place for like any sort of real progress in civil discourse and complex discussion. Um, so I think that would actually be an interesting, and I'm wondering if that's what like clubhouse or, um, whatever the, the Facebook ripoff of clubhouse we talked about two weeks ago, um, for catch up, like if those can become places for broader conversations on topics of like, Hey, I'm going to open this room to talk about this thing. And we're going to have a longer discussion about these complex issues on a social media platform versus like whatever the slogan of the week is for whatever topic that you're concerned about. Right. I think it's important for everyone to just understand that like when they like an idea, when it's released or when something new is introduced to the market, just ask certain questions like who owns it? Like how did it become, how did it get started? Like, do I understand, you know, this is why Alec is like extremely protective of the information he shares with certain things. And like, you know, some of us are just like, for convenience, we're just going to give them everything. And there's, you know, there's people like Alec in the world who will read through the clauses that he's signing. And there'll be people like me who just keep scrolling and sign it away. But I think it's a more important than ever that you ask the right questions, you understand where it's all feeding, because generally it, there's, as you're seeing in, it unfold in this episode, like it all starts to kind of fold back to the same thing and influence the same thing. And like, 
it's not a secret that when you're watching something else and then you see it pop up on something, it's not that it's always listening to you, but maybe it's actually also part of the same institution that's running all these services and like feeding it back into your profile and using your behaviors to influence future purchase decisions. Yeah. And it's I, not that it's actually like listening to you. It's well, all part of the same thing. But it is also listening. I mean, it is, but that's, that's, a, that's another rabbit hole and we're going to only give them what they need. But yeah. Like, and I think especially when you see an idea that you like, ask yourself, why do you like that idea? Yeah. Do I like it? Because like, that's, that's the popular narrative right now. And if I don't like that idea and I don't get on board, I'm going to get canceled. Or is it, I've looked up the facts, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I, I agree. My views align with that idea because of the stats, the history, the social impact, whatever it may be. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then once you go a little crazy like me, a little bit of crazy. Hmm. Life's more fun. You start to think about things like, like I love smart home technology. I think it's really cool i don't own an alexa i don't own any like smart speaker or anything like that not because i don't like the technology because i don't like the way in which the technology is used yeah right if i have a a smart speaker and a smart oven in my apartment and i say hey speaker preheat the oven to 425 that me saying that goes up to the cloud and then from the cloud it is sent to my oven. Right. But if I could have technology, if they would allow for me to have the technology that it just is all hosted locally and it goes from my smart speaker to my smart other home device, I'm down. Right. But what they do is they subsidize the price of things like TVs, yes, the reason TVs are cheap is because they collect data off the TV and then they sell the data from you watching your TV to advertisers and that's how they subsidize the price. So it's cheaper for you up front, but then they get everything back on the back end and then some. Yeah, there's influence power. That comes at a pretty penny for them to sell. So part of me, to bring this all full circle. Yes, let's wrap this up for them in a bow is I'm a little scared that if I go to an A-frame cabin in the woods in Washington for a month, that I might just go insane. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have check-ins, don't worry. So You never also, know if you don't try. It's true. And also, the air conditioning is broken in my apartment, and right. it's... It's gotten very warm since we started doing this episode. Maybe I just I just got a little riled up with antitrust law and conspiracies and uh, the insanity that is big business and big tech and the influence they hold on our lives. But uh, hopefully they get that fixed in the next couple of days because it's legitimately over eighty degrees in my apartment. So at that I would be out there of there so fast. Exactly. It would be so they did offer. Uh, because they haven't been able to get, like, they're waiting for the part from the vendor. Um, my apartment building is connected to a hotel, and they're like, 
if you need, if it's too hot, go to the hotel, your name's there, they'll give you a free room for the night. So I might have to do that tonight. Yeah, I would. But you know what? Take advantage. That's some kind of thing like, just like, literally like down the hall is a hotel. Just Yeah, like don't have to go anywhere. Just... I was looking, some of the places I've been looking at for month to month, some of them have like, cleaning services mm -hmm. there's some of them that are like they're essentially they're like suites at a hotel and so you just stay the suite at a hotel for a month and then there's a maid service that comes every day like they're at a hotel amazing that sounds like a wonderful idea <laughs> dude live it up i'm all for this idea and i can't wait to see where you land next week when we when we talk yeah i think i think my my decision is pretty much made i think my thing now is like figuring out if there's people who are gonna be down to like either like do the whole thing with me or like do a month or two weeks or a week or a weekend whatever just trying to start like getting people like line up vacation whatever they want to do or hopefully i think i have some friends i have a couple friends who i think would be down to hang out somewhere new for a month but we'll see i've also realized that a lot of my friends are like engaged married live with their significant other they bought a house they have dogs and they can't go anywhere so <laughs> the perks of getting older <laughs> my life that's where they're at <laughs> damn it well keep us posted on your travels because you know i'd be coming out for at least a week you too i'm i'm like i'm jealous of this road trip you're doing so i guess i'm kind of doing the same thing just on a much like longer scale but yeah, but if I didn't have a rent to pay, it would make life a lot easier to do something like that, so. Yeah, I figured the, the timing's kind of perfect. Well, it is. So. All right, I have zero idea. I have zero concept of how long this episode was. Neither, but hopefully you enjoyed it. I think it was, I think it was pretty solid, so. All right, and with that, enjoy your day. Bye. Bye.